the Rangers lose a wacky and frustrating ump show of a game to the Chicago White Sox. And on today's show, I'm breaking down why Jonah Heim has been absolutely robbed in multiple different ways. All that and more on this episode of Locked on Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is Wednesday, June 21st. Your Rangers are 45-28, and 28, alone atop the AOS with a five-game lead over the Angels. Angels. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow this show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, before we get into into today's episode about just an absolute wild mess of a game last night. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, this was a wacky and wild game. The Rangers ended up losing 7-6. to six. They had the lead late on in this one, a two-run lead that the bullpen could not hold a, a rare... A rare rough game for the Rangers bullpen that has been in a really good way as of late, but the offense for this Rangers team was was mostly humming against a really, really tough Dylan Cease. Cease's numbers overall on the year don't look necessarily super impressive. His ERA is still over four, but we saw in this one why he has had several top 10 finishes in AL Cy Young the last few years. He went six innings, five hits allowed, two runs, both of which were earned a pair of walks, and nine strikeouts. His slider is absolutely devastating. His fastball slider combo is very, very effective, and that curveball is, is also pretty effective, too. He got a lot of swings and misses from the Rangers. Just a really tough day for Josh Young, who, by the way, was back in the number three hole in the lineup. It, it kind of surprised me because he was going up against a righty and a very, very tough righty in Dylan Cease, and it wasn't quite as good a day number two in the three hole for Josh Young. 0 for 5 with three strikeouts, including one in a really tough situation with runners on second and third, could not, with just one out, could could not get the runner home and and give the Rangers, I believe that would have been the go-ahead run at that point. He ended up striking out, but he got a, a pretty bad call on, on OO that was just well inside the strike zone. This, this umpire is just, I swear, umpiring has been so frustrating, the amount of inconsistency in balls and strikes being called, um, especially against the Rangers. I mean, it's it's just really frustrating to see that inconsistent of his own and have so many calls go against the Rangers in, in such big key spots and there's just literally nothing you can do for him. But but that OO call wasn't wasn't the worst. I don't even think it was the worst balls and strikes call. Maybe maybe it was the highest leverage and had the most impact, but there's another umpiring decision that uh, we'll get to later on um, in this segment, but uh, it was just really frustrating to see a frustrating day for him, but a big day for the number four hitter, Adolis Garcia, a pair of hits. He was really the only one that looked like he was getting to Dylan Cease early. He had a double and a massive home run, 112 miles an hour off the bat. Not even his hardest hit ball of the year. That was 115 mile an hour, I believe single uh, that came uh, about a month ago. It, it had been a, a bit of a power drought for Adolis Garcia. This was only 
his second home run in the month of June. His first one came, of course, against his former team, the Cardinals, back on June 6th. But outside of that, it, it had been a little bit of a power outage for him. And then even before that, um, the his next home run before before that June 6th one was against Colorado on uh, May 19th. So it had been a while. His homers come in bunches. We all we all know that he had the four homers in a three-game span against Atlanta and Colorado, and then just a little bit of, of a drop-off there. And then he obviously had the massive home run barrage against the A's. But it, it comes and goes. He now has the team lead with his 16th home run. Just absolutely massive. Good to see him getting back into it. His his power numbers may have dropped off, but the on-base numbers have definitely gotten a lot better this month. He's got a 380 on-base percentage versus a 316 in the month of May. So he's been much more patient in his counts, working his walks and trusting the guys behind him in the lineup to come up big. And for the most part, they have. I mean, now it's Nathaniel Lowe hitting behind him as opposed to Josh Young. And then behind him is is Jonah Heim, who... I'm going to get into my, my whole spiel about Jonah Heim in a second, but it, it's I've been really impressed by Adoles Garcia. It kind of shows what he's been doing this year. We all know that he's got the incredible raw power. When he gets a hold of one, it, it goes an absolute mile and a half, um, but him being more patient is the key to him unlocking a much higher level of offense overall. I mean, it may be frustrating to see him go you know 10 days or you know almost two weeks without a homer, but he's still contributing in other ways offensively and defensively. His arm is is huge, and he, he provides a lot of value to the Rangers. And, man, I am so grateful that the Rangers gave up those cash considerations. I hope that the 250 k or 500 k or however much it was that the Cardinals got for Adolis Garcia in that trade is treating them well. I hope they spend it on something nice for themselves. Like, I don't know. I don't know, maybe some, some rookie who played like 10 games or something, but it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because Adoles Garcia is a Texas Ranger, and so is Corey freaking Seager. What a game for him. Three for four with a walk and five RBIs. Five RBIs for Corey Seager. He just continues to absolutely mash. His win probability added in this one, 78.5% win probability added. He was just smoking balls left, right, and center. Actually, mostly to center field. A couple of balls that I, I thought could have been home runs and may have been home runs in other parks, but 112 mile an hour double in the eighth inning. And he also had um, an, another hard hit ball, 104.9 mile an hour double um, in, I believe, the fourth inning. He just was absolutely stinging the baseball like he continues to do. He is the best shortstop in all of baseball. I stand by it. I know his defense is not that great, but offensively, he's maybe the best hitter in all of baseball. That's how freaking good he is, and he is a shortstop. He provides so much freaking value to the Rangers. Two of his hits were of the go-ahead variety, including late on in that eighth inning, that 112 mile an hour double. That was a go-ahead had double scoring Lily Tavares and Travis Jankowski as well. Rangers weren't able to drive him in, but still, he got the Rangers a lead late and you hand it over to this bullpen. More times than not, the last couple weeks, you kind of trust this bullpen to do the right thing and come up in a big, big way. They didn't in this one, but I don't necessarily blame them. This was a a rough outing by Nathan Eovaldi's standings, or by his standards as of late, a pair of home runs. He has not allowed a whole lot of home runs this year. He's actually allowed very, very few home runs, and so those home runs are kind of starting to come back on him. He's at 0.7 home runs allowed per nine. I believe he was at 0.4 
5.5 heading into this one. Still not walking a whole lot of guys. Walks per nine are down below two. Would like to see him strike out just a few more batters. The strikeouts have not quite been there as much this year. Just four strikeouts for him in this one and a pair of walks. Four runs for him in six innings of work. Good to see him going deep into this one. So the Rangers only had to use three relievers and you know two of them didn't even pitch a full inning. But Grant Anderson was one of them. He had a little bit of a rough day. One inning for him, three hits, three runs, all earned a pair of walks and a pair of strikeouts. But, you know, I, I think at least one of those runs, at very least one of those runs should not have scored. Maybe even all three. We're going to look at why in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, and with Game Time, it is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, comedy, music, theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing with the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you'll have. Forget all the planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Just two taps and you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Shout out to the everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day on Thursday's show. I'll break down what we learned from this series. The Rangers take on the White Sox this week. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, I'll tell you why I don't think that any of those runs should have scored on Grant Anderson. He was doing what he does well. He gets soft contact. He gets strikeouts. He did did allow a walk to Luis Robert, who does not walk very much at all, but he only had one hit, hard hit ball in his innings of work, and that was the 97.5 mile an hour single by Yasmani Grandal, the second base runner of the inning. But he got Tim Anderson to ground out, and with two outs, the Rangers still had that two-run lead, but up comes Elvis Andrus, and he hits a single just through the right side. The expected batting average on that ball was .130. A 13% chance for that to be a hit. A 130 batting average. Nope. Nope. Absolutely fluky. Absolutely frustrating. But it still counts. It still counts as run. Um, and it scored uh, the, I believe that was the game tying run at that point. Um, just really, really frustrating. Adolis Garcia uncorked a great throw to try and get the runner out. Could not quite get him. And then Elvis Andrews advanced to second on that throw. And then up comes Zach Remillard, who is apparently a folk hero to the people of Chicago. Had a couple of clutch hits in his MLB debut when he came in for Tim Anderson on Saturday against Seattle and won them that game in extra innings. And he, he came up clutch again here. He had a single that had a 970 batting average against, but only 88.1 miles an hour off the bat. Again, still a not hard hard hit ball, which is what you want, but it was hit in the right place down into left field. This was a tie game at this point, six to six, and he dumps a ball into shallow left field. Travis Jankowski makes a great play to get to the ball very quickly and uncorks an absolute strike, a perfect strike to Jonah Heim at the plate. He guns down Elvis Andrews, 
tie game. Rangers head into the top of the ninth with Corey, with um, Adoles Garcia, Nathaniel Lowe, and Jonah Heim do up to hopefully get them the lead and then turn the ball over to Will Smith in the bottom of the ninth. But the White Sox think, I don't know. Maybe Elvis was safe. Maybe he was safe. Why, why don't we just go ahead and use our challenge? And and they did. And you thought, okay, well, the call on the field is is he's out. And he looked out by a mile. And you see the replay and you see, okay, well, he's out by a mile. So why is this replay taking so long? Which I, I have another gripe um, in just a second. But it turns out, it turns out that all the, the umpires that are in Secaucus or whatever hidey hole that they can't face the judge, the judgment and the music for the terrible calls they made. They decided that Jonah Heim was blocking the lane to the plate and overturned the ruling on field and deemed that that run scored. Just incredibly frustrating, incredibly unbelievable, embarrassing call by the umpires, not on the field, not the ones on the field who had to take the judgment of Bruce Bochy, who got thrown out almost immediately after this, just calling it for what it is, an absolute farce, an absolute catastrophe of an umpiring call. Just so embarrassing for the league. There is no way that Jonah Heim was blocking his lane to the plate. Elvis Andrews had plenty of room to touch the plate. The ball got ahead of him. It had him beat by at least three, four feet. And even if he was blocking the lane, which again, Jonah Heim most definitely was not. Where else the heck is he supposed to stand? Like if, if he stood on the other side, it gave him a further lane, then he wouldn't have been able to catch the ball. He, he had plenty of legal room to get there, and Elvis had plenty of room to slide in safe at home. But the umpires ruled that that wasn't the case, and so that decides the freaking game. That's the go-ahead run in the bottom of the eighth inning. You cannot overturn a call like that in that situation. You shouldn't be able to overturn that call in that situation anyway because it was the wrong call to make. It was the right call on the field, and then what the heck is the point of having a replay review if you're going to go and undo right calls that the umpires make on the field? I have said this for many moons, and I stick by it, and it that replay review took so long. If they're so, so concerned about the pace of play in the game, they should have a timer on replay reviews, and I think this should be the case in all sports. If you set the timer at two minutes, if you have a replay, replay review, the umpires who are wherever they are in, you know, New Jersey or uh, where, wherever the heck they are in, in any sport, the ones that are doing the replay review and some central hub with all the camera angles in the world and absolute anonymity, uh, they should have a timer of two minutes. And if the call on the field isn't glaringly obvious, you can't come up with enough evidence to overturn it in those two minutes or maybe a minute and a half, maybe even a minute, then the call on the field should stand. And that should that is what delays the games most is these replay reviews that take forever. And it's so incredibly frustrating. It's so incredibly obvious, like that to pretty much everybody in the stadium, it was just a Hail Mary challenge. This should not have taken that long and it should not have resulted in the game being untied. But hey, that's the way the baseball goes sometimes. And it's incredibly frustrating. And it's definitely a loss that the Rangers are going to be real pissed off about tomorrow. I bet these bats are going to come out with a vengeance. And I bet Jonah Heim, if, if he's playing in this Wednesday night game, he's going to come out with an absolute vengeance because this wasn't the only way that Jonah Heim has been robbed as of late. Have you seen the latest all-star voting? Jonah Heim is in third among all-star catchers in the American League behind Adley Rutschman and Salvador freaking Perez. What? I am so completely confused. I know Salvador Perez has 14 home runs to Jonah Heim's nine, um, but in every other, every major statistical category, Jonah Heim is either one or two. In terms of fan graphs war, he is at 2.4 fan graphs war. 
Salvador Perez is at 0.8. That means that Jonah Heim has been three times more valuable than Salvador Perez. And Adley Rutschman, who everyone has deemed the, the second coming of, I, I don't even know, what, what Pudge or a switch hitting Pudge, a guy who just came up to the big leagues and was immediately amazing. And, and granted, Rutschman is amazing. And if he is the all-star starter over Jonah Heim, then I can live with that. I don't think it's the right call, but I can live with that because Heim has kind of fallen off a cliff in the first month of the season. He was incredible. May, he kind of came back down to earth. June, it looks like he's coming back up, uh, thankfully. But in terms of batting average, Jonah Heim is second in all of major in American League catchers. He is first in doubles with 16. He is first in RBIs with 51. He is first in the defensive uh, wins of a replacement metric for, um, or not, not defensive, but just whatever defensive rating. I don't know what they actually call it on Fangraphs. At 11.4, 11.4 plus 11.4. That is one of the best defensive players in all of baseball. That's how highly Fangraphs thinks of Jonah Heim's defense. He's top 10% in the league in terms of framing. The things that he does defensively are incredible. And I know it's an all-star game, so everyone just sees, oh, this guy has more home runs, so I vote for him. Use your head, people. Use your head. Your votes matter. Voting matters and in all scenarios, especially when it comes to American League all-star catching votes. Jonah Heim has been so incredibly good this season, and he deserves to be an all-star. He deserved to be an all-star last year. I know he fell off in the second half of the season. And if not for, you know, Jose Trevino being a Yankee, I think that Jonah Heim might have had him beat in voting, but again, the Yankee bump. But the, he's not hes not close to Jose Trevino this year. He has completely blown him out of the water and been a fantastic starting catcher, one of the best in all of baseball, and I think he deserves to be voted in. The Rangers have a couple other guys that are, that are close in the voting as well. I mean, the Rangers have Marcus Simeon, who is running away with the second base vote, as he should. He's just a little bit shy, I think 15,000 votes shy of doubling up the second place Whit Merrifield, who has passed Jose Altuve. Uh, among first basemen, Daniel Lowe is in fourth. I, I don't think that he is passing Rizzo or Yanni Diaz, or somehow Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is ahead of Yanni Diaz, even though he's having a pretty mediocre season for him. Um, and third base, Josh Young is falling behind Matt Chapman even further, even though Matt Chapman is, his production is falling off. I don't understand. I guess the entire nation of Canada is just voting on mass this year, which sure, I guess that's the case. Cause at shortstop, you have Bo Bichette at 1.5 million votes and Corey Seager in second place um, at 820,000 votes. He is um, a little over three, 3.5 or 350,000 votes ahead of Wander Franco. Um, the top two guys are the ones that move on um, in terms of the second round of voting. So that's why it's such a big deal that Jonah Heim is in third place. He needs to pass Salvador Perez. He is at the last time I checked at June 20th, um, he was 2,200 or 180 votes short of Salvador Perez. So he really needs to catch him and voting ends on Thursday. So go out there and do your part. And then when it comes to um, shortstops, uh, like I said, Corey Seager's in second place. So he, he should probably be fine. Robbie Grossman at third place, um, which is just kind of fun. Um, and then among outfielders, Adolis Garcia, he needs to crack sixth to move on to the second round of voting, which he absolutely should. He is at 594,000 votes. George Springer in sixth place is at 630,000 votes. So go out there and vote for Adolis Garcia because Adolis Garcia also is very, very deserving of being an all-star this year. He is second among American League outfielders in Fangraphs War. Second, not 
seventh or tenth or whatever second 2.6 he is tied for Luis Robert just a smidge behind him he is third in home runs with 16 he has been incredible this year defensively offensively uh, everything that you want from an outfielder a guy hitting in the cleanup spot in your lineup. Adoles Garcia has brought that. He is definitely deserving to be an all-star. I think that he deserves a lot more love than he's getting. And, um, you know, it's been really frustrating coming up in just a second. I'll look at which, how many all-stars the Rangers can possibly have without it being too much and a little bit of minor league promotions that are worth noting. But first, this word from our sponsors. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. On Friday's show, I'll talk about this week in the minor leagues. The Rangers take on the White Sox this week. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, in terms of how many Rangers I think it could be too many before it's it's just a little bit egregious, like those years um, when Kansas City fans would just absolutely bomb the ballot boxes. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys who I don't think necessarily deserve to be all-stars. Or that one year that, uh, no shade to Brock Holt, but a little bit of shade, when somehow Brock Holt was an all-star for the Boston Red Sox, which I, I still... I still can't wrap my head. Go, go look at his baseball reference page and look at the numbers that he did that year and tell me you think he is deserving of being an all-star. No shade to him. Great former Ranger. But still, I think the Rangers deserve to have all these guys that I mentioned and as well as Nathan Eovaldi. I know he's falling back down to earth just a little bit right now, but Eovaldi's been so freaking good. He was the pitcher of the month in May. He was incredible. He's falling back down just a little bit. His numbers are still make him among the best starting pitchers in all of Major League Baseball. And I think that all of these guys deserve to be all-stars. I mean, Seager absolutely deserves to be an all-star. There's no doubt that Marcus Simeon should be starting at second base. No matter which league he's in, he is just by far and away the best second baseman in all of baseball. I know he's got, his numbers are kind of coming back down just a little bit to earth, but I, I think those numbers are going to pick right back up. Um, and he has still been so incredibly consistent. was so big for the Rangers when Corey Seager was out. And I know that Corey Seager has missed some time, but the stuff that he is doing, the stuff that he has done since he has come back from his injury, it's just absolutely incredible. Right now, he is third among AL shortstops in Fangraph's war. Third, with just 42 games under his belt. It's just absolutely incredible what he has done. Jeremy Pena has played 69 games, uh, which is pretty nice for the Astros. He has a 1.2 Fangraph's war. Corey Seager has played 42 games. That's 27 fewer, almost a third fewer. And he has double the war of Jeremy Pena. And Pena's seventh. He, he's been pretty good this year. I mean, that's how good Corey Seager has been in his short sample size here. He's hitting 367 with an on-base of 424 and slugging 657. It just absolutely unheard of, unreal offensive numbers. That's why Corey Seager has been the best offensive player in all of baseball. 10, 10 home runs for him, 45 RBIs, which uh, those 45 RBIs in 42 games are second among uh, AL shortstops behind just Bo Bichette, who no shade to Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette's been fantastic, and he, he probably is going to start this All-Star game, but I just don't think you can anyone in their right mind can omit Seager from this roster. I, mean, I think it's probably going to be it should be three shortstops, I think. Boba Shett is running away with the voting, and, and Seager is, is blowing Wander Franco out. Wander Franco is, I think, the war leader for all of baseball at 3.4 Fancraft's war. He's been incredible this year. He's hitting uh, 291 with an on-base of 355 and slugging at 461, playing exceptional defense. Um, 
24 stolen bases for him. He's been absolutely electric for the Rays and, and their MVP on the best team in baseball. But um, Corey Seager has just been so freaking good. I don't think anyone in their right mind can omit him from this roster. I'd be upset if Adoles Garcia isn't on the roster, but I'm not going to lose my freaking mind. I don't think that Nathaniel Lowe has done enough this year to be an all-star, but he, he's got potential. And oh, by the way, Josh Young should absolutely be starting this all-star game. All-star game. I don't know if he will, but there's no way that you can omit him. So, I mean, you have those guys. Let's see. One, two, three. You, three of your infielders. And then Adolis Garcia. That's four. Then Nathan Ivaldi. That's five. And, um, oh, wait. Jonah Heim. That's, that's six. And then, you know, let's let's throw a lever in there for good measure. Josh Borges. Wh- why not? He's been one of the better relievers in all of the American League. And I think that he definitely deserves some all-star love. He might not get it because, you know, there's going to be so many Rangers. I, I think if the Rangers go with, you know, seven all-stars, that, that might be a bit much. It, it might be. I don't think it would be personally. Maybe six would be too many for some folks, but I think that would honestly be about the right amount of all-stars because this team has just been so consistent and so good. I mean, you look at the seventh and eighth most valuable players on the Rangers, according to Baseball Reference War, that is seventh is Josh Young at 2.1 Fangraphs War, or Baseball Reference War, and Jonah Heim at 2.0 Baseball Reference War. You have eight players on your roster. You're not even halfway through your games. That is on pace for eight players to have a four-war season or better. Actually, I think if you include John Gray, that makes um, a few more. But just insane, the depth and talent of this team. They have a lot of stars, a lot of star power, and they deserve to be voted in the All-Star game. I think Leo Tavares also, if he was an All-Star, I, I would... I would be for that. I think he's been incredible this year. I don't think that he is going to get it because of the other names on this roster. And uh, frankly, I don't think the rest of the league has been noticing how good Leonie Tavares has been both offensively and defensively in center field. Just a huge, huge plus for the Rangers. I've, I've talked about him all week. So um, y'all know how much I love me some Leonie Tavares. And I think that he has been huge for this team but I just don't think he's going to get the love for the all-star game. But there are some minor league news and notes that came about literally about 10 minutes after I started recording yesterday's episode. So of course they did. Um, Note to self, always check Evan Grant and the rest of the beat writers Twitter before you start uh, recording an episode. But Owen White and Dustin Harris have been promoted to AAA Round Rock after some solid starts to the season. Owen White made his major league debut, and things didn't quite go his way, but he still looked like a major leaguer who just got some bad luck on the day, and I'm excited for him. It seems like the velocity is coming back, which was the main question for him. He'd been dealing with a neck injury all season, been playing through it. It was not something that was going to affect him or, you know, you know, hurt him long term if he pitched through it. So he pitched through it, had a little bit less velocity, a little bit less, you know, oomph on his stuff, but he found ways to pitch through it, had okay results. Um, but now that the stuff is starting to come back, he's starting to heal a little bit more from that injury. It, it has been uh, much, much better results. And that's the reason why he was called up to the big leagues. Dustin Harris has had a pretty solid season, 60 games so far in double A for him, a 780 OPS and on base of 374. That is huge. 44 walks for him to just 65 strikeouts, five home runs, four triples, 14 doubles, and 24 stolen bases to just two times caught stealing. I'm really impressed with this kid. The Rangers got him, I believe, in that same trade where they got Jonah Heim. It was a trade from the A's. Actually, no, I think Dustin Harris might have been in the Mike Miner deal to the A's. I I think that was the deal that the Rangers robbed the A's on. Uh, If if he turns out to be, uh, you know, 
around the 80th percentile of his outcome, which is probably a first division everyday regular in a corner outfield spot with some mediocre defense, a lot of speed, and a decent chunk of power. And it seems like the approach is coming along quite nicely with that 374 on base. Really excited for him. Would like to see a little bit more power from him, but, you know, 14 doubles and four triples and five home runs. I just want to see more balls hit over the fence, but he'll get there. And I have been impressed with what I've seen from him. Um, Good to see the Rangers have confidence in him to move him on up to AAA. And another guy who is coming back to AA is Evan Carter. He had been on the shelf for a little while. He had been dealing with a wrist injury. He had played through it in in uh, in May and kind of just the numbers were not great. The overall numbers really, really took a tank because he was not able to hit the ball hard. He was able to play through it and, you know, still provide a lot of value defensively and on the base pass and by working a whole bunch of walks because that's what Evan Carter does, FCC full count Carter as they call him in the minor leagues. But he is back after doing a quick rehab assignment in the Arizona Complex League. He is healthy. He has been activated there. So good to have him back in AA Frisco with uh, the prospect power going down significantly. Also, Luis and Acuna played his first game in center field last night. That is some encouraging stuff. He has been a shortstop for basically all of his minor league career. This is his first ever game in the outfield. He's having a really solid season for AA Frisco. The 21-year-old in 266 plate appearances this year has 17 doubles, three triples, five homers, 29 stolen bases to just two times caught stealing, a slash line of 307, 374, and 458. That is an 832 OPS for those of you like me who don't like to do your own math and like to have someone else do it for you. A really great season for him. If he can play center field, Man, that guy has got a lot of value. I don't know where he fits in on this major league roster with uh, the long-term future, Um, but he's a legit shortstop, and him being able to play center field as well, that is going to only increase his trade value. I think that he might be one of the first pieces if the Rangers decide to make a big move for somebody, whether it's a starting pitcher, whether it's a big-time reliever. I think that he might be one of the first people that teams are asking about, and that's going to hurt because I think he's going to be a pretty good regular uh, everyday player at the big league level. And I don't think that Corey Seager is going to play shortstop for the entirety of that contract. And if I'm looking at guys throughout the system right now who I would want as my everyday shortstop, um, well, I forgot. Ezekiel Duran. Can just jump in there whenever Corey Seager moving off. So, so maybe there isn't as much room for Luis and Acuna. I, I still think he's a really, really good prospect, and it's going to sting to lose him. Hopefully, whoever the Rangers get in exchange for him, if they do decide to trade him, is some absolute BA frontline starter or some really nasty back end reliever that helps the Rangers win a World Series and not feel too bad about losing a guy like Luis and Acuna. And wish it wish him um, all the success if the Rangers do trade him. And even if they don't, that is a good kid who is having a great season. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball.